Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is December 8th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing well. You know, big news for the, the podcast. You, you got a new modem. This is exciting stuff. You, you might be uh, able to uh, sustain internet for an entire recording. Uh, we'll see. I'm doing a speed test now. It's chug-a-lugging. I don't know, but we have a new modem after an odyssey to the Comcast store. Waited an hour, so they couldn't do anything to me, for me. Uh, couldn't get me a new modem. Waited an hour, walked out, called them. I said, I'm not paying your damn shipping charges. Send me a new modem tomorrow. I got one. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I, I, I'm not fully... I don't have full faith that that's all that needed to be fixed, but we'll see what happens with the pod. We may have a bunch of other um, disruptions here. It looks like I'm actually going very slow again. Here we are with the new modem. We, all of the, we, we listen, jinxed we it don't right need away. all the speed. What we need is consistency out of your modem. To not go from 500 MB, you know, 600 down to one, two at the drop of a hat. So we'll yeah. see. Um, let's get to it. It's a How big day. It seems like uh, December's a slow news week here. This, uh, this second week in December. I don't need this, man. I mean, I don't need this in December. We got the year in review. Like, it's great. Christmas holidays are great. But like as a parent, as a homeowner, it's pretty stressful. You got to do all the decorations. I have two kids have birthdays in December. There's just a lot going on. And now the PGA Tour, the news cycle, the professional golf news cycle has exploded here on uh, December 8th as we record this. What do you think? John Rahm. We're recording this Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. It is expected that he will announce he's going to live, I think, at a 6.30 announcement. He's allegedly in New York. Uh, there have been a bunch of reports on this uh, from Bob Herrig, ESPN. Golf Channel. Uh, golf Channel. Brentley had something posted. Nuclear uh, golf. Nu- <laughs> nuclear? No, there's no. There's a few vowels missing. Um, you know, flushing it, I think, at it last week uh, the, from like kind of probably a live side perspective. Um, it's it's every report has this thing like barring last minute disaster, barring last minute, pull the ripcord, barring uh, assuming he doesn't pull out last second. So w- there is potential for that. But as we recorded as expected, John Rahm is off to live. Andy. What do you make of this? It's it seems like it's going final here. Big big blow to the PGA Tour and a huge monstrous get for Liv. Yeah, obviously this is one of the the guys that matters the most to professional golf. This is the biggest piece that they've gotten um, in terms of you know if you want to just talk about it at this level, right? Um, in terms of all the players they've gotten, you know Brooks and Bryson were huge names. Um, theoretically in their prime but dealing with injuries and you know um you know you look at phil obviously iconic player but way past past the hill um cameron smith at the top of his game fresh off a major but nowhere near the star power of rom you know smith was kind of like coming up and and reaching his peak but but rom is is clearly a generational talent um clearly you know, one of the three best players um, in the world of golf and arguably the best player in the world of golf um, the last five years. So when you look at it through that lens, this is a a monster get. It's the first player they've gotten since February. Um, And the first, you know, real player of substance since Cam Smith, which was last, you know, August, right? Yeah. So this is a, a, a huge, huge deal. I think that's, you know, from the frame, from the, from the point of like 
this is really a talent game between the, this war between the and we can go so many directions from here, right? But this war between the two tours is all about talent. And if you put a list of like if you did it like a pickup basketball, you know, you're picking teams. Where's Rom go? Three, two, right? It's like kind of like Tiger, Rory, and Rom. Right, right. Like I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that, right? Like there. Well, I, 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 I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But I think part of maybe Rom's frustration and underlying frustration is that he's not often put on that platform. Maybe in various whatever it is, discussions, TGL. Um, board meetings, network, whatever it is, I think he, I, I don't know, we're, we're trying to read the tea leaves here. I think part of the issue here is, is what the hell, I'm the best player in the world. I've been the best player in the world since whatever, 2018 or, or so. And um, why am I not on the same platform necessarily as Tiger and Rory? I don't say that's why he went to live, but I, I think that's a frustration, an underlying frustration of his, whether that, whether you give that weight or not is different. Um, I mean, yeah. And I think like, this is one of those things. Like it's, it's, I think with everything we're, we're watching, there's, there's watching happen with professional golf. There's greed, there's jealousy. And those are the two things that have really overridden everything that's happened the last couple of years is, is those are the two big themes, right? Greed, jealousy, and power, right? Um, I mean, for John Rahm, he finished third in the PIP this year, right? Right, right. It's a strong <laughs> showing. He's there. Like if that that if he needs that gratification, I saw Kyle Porter tweeted out the video of the press conference uh, right. from the Ryder Cup, and I thought that was you know along these lines, right? Um, you know, there was something like twelve questions directed at Rory before one was directed at John Rahm, and and I think. I can see how that can wear on somebody. Um, I think other people might like enjoy that. Like, hey, yeah, it's great that I get to be great at golf, get paid a shitload of money to be great at golf, and I don't have to deal with the limelight. But I think Rom wants to be the top dog, wants to be the alpha dog, and this obviously, um, this is a move. And I think the after effects of this move will show how powerful he is. And and if that's an underlying part of this, then, you know, it would definitely uh, probably satisfy a lot of people's ego, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he, he, there was also that quote at the open. You remember when he played with Rory and he was like, there's like a boom mic up my ass. I'm just trying to walk from my shot or what, you know, everybody walks with Rory. I'm trying to play my shot. And then I'm trying to go to the locker room or what, and there, I've got a mic like going up my ass. And like, you remember that? Like he threw that mm-hmm. out at, at uh, whatever, uh, uh, Liverpool, Royal Liverpool. Um, but he's off, he's off to live. I think Rose had, you know, this is something, Justin Rose, like this is one that moves the Delta. Like he moves the Delta. Uh, he is the Delta. I don't know. That's a new version of he's the needle. The, but, <laughs> the needle. Um, he's a massive get. I don't know how it changes the product that is live golf. Mark Schleybaugh of ESPN suggested there may be some format changes. The big rumor was he was sort of hoping for 72 holes and a cut before he signed on. This obviously runs, this move runs contra to a lot of his statements on the record. Like he hasn't been shy. He hasn't like dabbled. Whereas others have played coy. I'd say Patrick Cantlay, Xander have been sort of, artful Dodgers or inartful Dodgers in some cases uh, on question. Rom has been pretty unequivocal and, you know, minds change. You're allowed to, uh, you know, respond to different circumstances and make a new, have a new perspective, but he has been unequivocal on the record from February of, you know, Riviera 2022. I pledge my fealty to that clip at uh, Brookline. It's like, I no amount of money is going to change what I have. Like, you know, you're, I'm just going from extremely wealthy to extremely, extremely wealthy. Uh, you know, it's not going to change my life. That's not, basically he said uh, several occasions, it's not real golf. I want to play for legacy. I want to play for real competition. Like he's on the record over and over and over again. So this runs counter to that. I'm not, you know, bringing that up to kind of jam him right now, but it it is a it is a reversal from 
you know, statements of why he played professional golf for the last two years. Yeah. And I think the, you know, sad reality of this is that everyone has a number. And I think they just got got to his number, right? Yeah. I um I think it maybe maybe it's a combination of uh, a number and some like you know, I think um as you live life different things become more important to you. And maybe as he reflected, um he thought this would be more important to his legacy. I mean, this move could have the potential of really, really changing the landscape of pro golf. Yep. Um, what? I don't think it, you know, I tweeted about this, but I don't think anything's good th- this coming of this. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I couldn't help but feel pretty, pretty sad. And I, I think if you're, if you're on team live, if you're, if you're somebody that likes live or if you're somebody that likes the PGA tour, this is probably, you know, just something to think about is that when you, when you have a sport that, you know, maybe a couple million people watch, right? Like you peek out at 10 at the masters or so, right? When you have 2 million viewers, potentially week in week out to the PGA tour, you can't really afford to split them up. Like it doesn't make the the business of the golf work um, when you split it up. This isn't the NFL where you're splitting up hundreds of millions, right, of people. You're splitting up two million people that are really invested in in events other than the Masters, right? And you know, at that point, like you know, this we're just watching the greed of these players um, that that's being enabled by this war. Um, it's really not sustainable. Over- like, it's not sustainable. Like, golf yeah. isn't, uh, to quote Nabilo, like, I'm not saying they're volleyball, like, the ratings are, vo- but this is not sustainable. Like, uh, PGA Tour tournament directors are having a meeting out in California. I saw Bob Herrick had a report, like, we are out of money. We're running out of money. Now, the PIF obviously has quite a bit more. But I don't think they're interested in just pouring money in for a 10-year play of losing billions and billions of dollars for a thing that might not pay off. The thing that everybody's losing sight of is there's got to be a consumer. Right. Like your sport's worth nothing if nobody watches it. Feels like it's been lost a little bit in the war, right? Like what is the – how much are we throwing at? Like what are we throwing at here? And every single one of these um, defections, sure, it's it's gaining interest for live, but you're losing interest in the sport. Every single one, like people are are tired of this. There, these these two tours have to come together. Um, I, if they if they pull apart and live, you know. I said this a week ago and some people gave me shit that I thought Liv was in a better position. Like, I mean, I think Liv's in a better position because they've got a bankroll, right? They aren't running out of money. Feels like Yasser's putting Jay in a corner too. Completely outmaneuvered their whole brain trust that, you know, or architected the... We can can get to that, but who is the the brain trust? We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, Um, so anyways, what? like you're at this point, you're at this point where I think every single defection while it builds live hurts the overall sport. It's reducing the value of the overall sport. And this greed all it's doing is going to kill the overall sport if it keeps going. The pro and that's what sport. The pro right? sport. Okay. The pros, I, I, yeah, I want to be clear. We can talk about, you know, are, are you going to quit the game because you lose four <laughs> yards later? This is going to be a, it's a fun episode, you know. We've got, you know, we have a great SGS golf <laughs> advice, a great one about somebody hammered that we're going to bring back to levity very quickly after the, some of this stuff. So hang tight. So, anyways, you know, if you're reducing the value of the overall professional game with every one of these, 
it's a really short-sighted strategy, right? Like what, you know, the PIF eventually here needs to look at if we're if we keep investing in this and it's it's turning off people at a at a high degree, which I believe it is, then our investments getting devalued every time we go after someone. Um, if does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, in a way, in kind of a yeah, serpentine way. Both of, both of these both of these organizations, the PGA Tour and the PIF. It's just time. They got it. They have to get together. It just can't. This can't go on Um, because because you're just and and I think that's what this is about. I think like, listen, like we we saw it the last few weeks. Um, The PGA Tour has been meeting with all these private equity companies. There's rumors of uh, a split deal with with the PIF and and the Saudi Public Investment Fund, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know the PIF, um, and and private equity money, these split deals, right? Then there's some options potentially without the PIF involved. PIF at all. Yeah. And I think this is a response to that. The idea that they could be shut out of this. Because, listen, like, I think I think they they don't want to run a, a tour. I don't think PIF. that... The, yeah, no, I don't think wanna, that's they what they want yeah, and they've been yeah. doing that. That what they want is they want to be have a seat at the table, right? A big seat, but a seat. Yes, yes. And I, I don't. You know, it's insane. It's absolutely insane that um, you're spending anywhere. You've seen. I've seen reports from three hundred to six hundred million dollars on John Rahm, Some... and it could potentially be a leverage play, a play to kind of back. Uh, the PGA tour into the corner and say, you this better do it, the deal. Yeah. This or going to be. Yeah. yeah. The, and, and I think that's the, the, the whole premise of why the deal, you know, this thing could have been done, could have been done months ago. Well, it's, they got, you know, the chuckle fuck you going on right now on the other side of the boat. And, and we'll get to them. I, I one thing you would say uh, that triggered my memory about like there's really only like a couple million people super engaged in golf is that the response to this news and this news Rob's on the front page of everything ESPN New York Times whatever it's a, it's a push notification it's a huge deal the response from 95% of the people is like what I thought they were together. Like, I thought the two leagues were together. Like, my wife was like, huh? What does that mean? Like, why is Rob a bunch of people tweeting like I thought they were done fighting. Like no one's following this. Like the the overall like widespread audience for golf that's keeping up to speed is very small. That doesn't understand that these two sides are yet to come together. They already thought it was done, that the poaching was done. So people are like the audience glued and locked into professional golf isn't following this that closely and didn't understand that Rom was still poachable or that there was still a fight to possibly be had. But it does seem like an overall leverage play um, I don't know what that means. It, it really feels like they're running circles around Jay. Jay's trying to herd cats. He has institutional weaknesses. Uh, he has a structure in which someone like Chris Stroud, who's tweeting about chemtrails and a bunch of nonsense, doesn't seem to be the big, have the biggest brain, like claims to have some power because it's a membership. Like you have to, it, it is, there are some institutional weaknesses here that he has to deal with, but he's not done a great job. Um, and he's getting kind of bodied right now by Yasser. I uh, well, hold on. What? I I listen. I'm I'm a Monahan hater. Is he getting bodied, or is the PGA Tour membership getting bodied? That's true. Because oh, well, that, that was my point let, about herding cats. It's a lot. Let's of just places. like uh, let's just put it out. I don't think really, I think Monaghan wanted to do the deal. I think he saw the writing on the, on the wall. There's, there's a reason this deal came to be between Monaghan, Dunn and, and Ed Hurley, you know, like those guys, I know, Hurley, Hurley. Uh, but anyways, those guys wanted to get this deal done months ago. Um, and, What's happened is that the PGA Tour players have gotten involved and put their thumb on the scale, and and now we're we're seemingly back to like where we were a year and a half ago, right? Like where? So 
so I, so anyways one one last thing if you're rom here right if you think the merger is gonna happen yeah you just cashed some serious dough like use me as your leverage chip fine go ahead use and me. like I, I have to think that he's not getting all the money if the deal goes through right if the deal goes through, maybe he comes out with a hundred million dollars or something, right? But like that's a hundred million dollars that you didn't have yesterday. If the deal doesn't go through, who's in the better position? Right. Well, I mean, it, it feels like there's an there's a benefit. I can't believe I'm saying this. There's like a benefit to having like a authoritarian central control right now in this war, you know, to Yasser just saying, okay, push the button and not having to consult Chris Stroud's feelings. Yeah. I I say that facetiously, but in a way that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it does seem like is the ROM deal getting delayed as we record this? I don't know. It, it, it seems like this is just dragging on. It's clearly a play. Uh, apparently the announcement just keeps getting pushed back, but um, it does feel like they're, they're it, it's 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 part it's a chess piece within the larger I don't know if you want to call it a merger or whatever deal that's going on. Um, a deal you can achieve, a deal you can personally go out and acquire that comes with our highest recommendation, our highest. We don't want to say we we put partners and sponsors on different pedestals. But this is absolutely no one's higher than Fat Cork. They're good friends. They're sickos. They're friends of the program. Golf nuts like you. They, are, they, they aren't in knew. the Chris Stroud category of, no. of our, uh, of our no. partners. We love all our partners. But fatcork.com. Uh, use the promo code GOLF for free shipping. Look, this is incredible champagne. It's a it's a friend of the program, small business, an expert who's been in the industry his whole life, goes to champagne, develops these relationships with the growers. Um, so you don't look like a scrub to your wife, spouse, significant other. Look, I went to the grocery store and I got some garbage champagne at the end of the aisle. Or I went to the, you know, the spirit shop and did the same. This has been thought out, crafted, curated, coming from uh, Champagne, France, uh, sent to Seattle and then sent to you. The best way, I think this is a gift option. We had someone from Minnesota, Jay, uh, he was like, I signed up for the sub once we did it. Um, He was looking for how to give us credit, like a promo code. He's like, no, just sign up. They'll figure it out. They'll understand you're a golf sicko. But if you subscribe now, this is... A good gift. It's a consumable good. It's not something you can't buy your wife clothes. It's a, something you can't buy your significant other, you know, socks. It's a consumable good that doesn't stack up in the corner of your house. It comes quarterly. The gift that keeps on giving is a terrible cliche, but it's going to give again in when it comes quarterly in April or whatever it is. And again in the fall. And they'll send you, if you subscribe now, uh, to their membership, you get the weekenders, the frequent fizzers, the merrymakers. If you want 12 bottles, if you're, you know, a big time guzzler or whatever it may be, a merrymaker, uh, you can do different levels on how much you want. But right now, if you subscribe, top 30, first 30 subscribers are getting a Seamus head cork head cover. All people who subscribe are getting two bottles of the year, two champagne stoppers, the sleeve, this like ice sleeve. So you don't have to take a yeah, big bucket anywhere. It's nice. You just slide it over the top, keeps it cold. And you, you look a little bit refined without having to do the work, without having to research, without having to become sort of champagne expert. They have all the expertise. They send you the cards so you can read up on them. You can pass it around the party like, oh, this is where the grape comes from. And this is the scent and the notes. And you can look I've got all- the I've got the card out for... Uh- for one of the uh, bottles of the year, the Adrian Redon. Yeah. It's what deep gold with amber uh, reflections. Smell melted butter, marmalade, and toast, followed by a distinctly cool, damp cellar smell. Taste baked pear and sweet spices, followed by there damp, wet earth. You could read all this at the party. Weighty, but- <laughs> round, and smooth with a perfect balance of acidity and sugar. So it's a champagne club for experts Look, and it novices. Even says it gives novices you date, alike. What? It gives you date night like uh, recommendations. Yeah, I you love that. You want to do something do like night, that. Pour this bottle to complement a light dinner with of roasted chicken or baked whitefish with garlicky roasted tomatoes and fresh herbs. 
Fancy. Your fa- Fancy. Celebrate. Your favorite performer just released the schedule for their upcoming tour, and they'll be in town at one of the area's most epic venues on your birthday. Tickets go on sale later this week, but you're already meeting your friends to make a concert plan. You know? So go to go to fatcorp.com, subscribe, become a club member. You get I don't know how many uh, head covers they have left, but Seamus head covers aren't cheap. They're giving the first 30 away. Those are going. Um, and I think they're a hundred dollar value. Okay. All these extra goodies. If you subscribe to the club now, fatcork.com. Hey, quick, quick, quick reminder. You can also use go- promo code golf for individual bottles, which yeah. are, they're awesome things to bring to a holiday party. Yep. Yep. This is the time to do it. All right. I love this gift idea. Okay. Seriously. Um, I got a text this morning that Patrick Cantlay had been going to investors solo last week without the board. I said, what? No, not the board. Like nothing. He's just going out there on his own to investors. Then we had Dan Rappaport, uh, the report in the middle of the day, Thursday saying this quote, calling all the shots. It's hatless Pat's party. Apparently Um, he's calling all the shots with the PGA tour. He thinks he's master of the universe. I don't know. It, it, the tour seems like a mess. They don't know whether, the t- like, maybe this is forcing their hand, the ROM stuff. The PIF deal is the only deal they should take and dilute it a little bit for DOJ scrutiny. But it sounds like the tour, and we've said this for a couple of weeks, like, it seems like it's gridlocked. Rory resigned. What does that mean? It seems like kind of a mess inside the tour. And I don't know if you blame we, Jay. We try not to here, I guess, in the last well, segment. But we blame we, we blame Jay a lot. He's um, mismanaged. I think that I mean people are calling for his head. It's like who's taking this fucking job right now? Who's taking it? Who wants this job? Who wants this disaster right now? Are you gonna? Do you think you're gonna get an A plus hire right now? What are you gonna hire somebody for to get the deal done, and then fire him? How much is that gonna cost? You know. Um, I think one of the crazy things here, the craziest things about this, all right, if this tr- rumor's true, the Cantlay's out doing this by himself, think about just the the prospect. And I, I this is not meant to be a, a you know a takedown of Pat Cantlay. I'm I think he's a I listening to him talk. He's a smart guy. Like he is not like a an idiot. And by any means, I think he understands stuff. He might, we might have different viewpoints, different motives, everything like than some other people. But like, think about the idea of the PGA tr- tour. You're, you're dealing with one of the most active and influential investment, um, public investment funds in the world probably will grow to be the biggest public investment fund. They, they invest in everything. They have, you know, they are sophisticated investors. And you've traded Jimmy Dunn and Ed Harrelhay for for Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley plays professional golf. And I, I'm not like you might be upset that those guys brought a deal and, and the tour wasn't involved, but to kick out your two two of your most seasoned deal guys. And go with with a player. What's funny is that Cantley apparently, like you know, he obviously dabbled with with Liv, right? But was he using it as leverage? I think Liv got so fed up with Cantley, just stringing them along, you know, needling, nickel and diving this, that, haggling over that, that they were kind of like, we don't want you anymore. Like I, I don't know if that was the official conclusion. But I think that was like just the constant sort of flirting and dabbling and straining the live along. It was pretty exhausting to them. I wondered now this is the guy that's like, quote unquote, calling the shots. I did just get an update that Rom is allegedly taping an interview right now with Faraday. So it does seem like that that will be coming as we record this. It, it'll be out later. So um, it's interesting. I'm not sure. Uh, it, it feels like. The tour has an incredible opportunity here. You know, we've been down a little bit, but like, come on, we're going to get a, you know, the the sort of moral objections aside and, and we don't brush them aside. We never have. Like, there's an incredible opportunity here to put a bunch of money. Like, the Saudis are going to be involved in get golf. That They are. Whether you like it or not, whether you object to it or not, whether you invoke Jamal Khashoggi or not, 
They're invested in golf, bring their money into the tent. They can inject a ton of money into it. But yet here we are sort of tripping over ourselves to, to, to the point where like, I guess Rom's maybe being used as a leverage play, but that's the update on the PGA tour. Jay was supposed to be in the middle East. I don't think he went uh, this week. I don't think he went. I think he got, I think it's going another week before he goes. So I think that's where they were going to meet with the Oster somewhere over that way. Maybe, maybe that's no longer the location, but I don't think uh, whatever that was planned got pushed back a week. Um, you have anything else on tour negotiations, Rom, or anything else like that? I think then the next questions, uh, uh, you know, I saw uh, some reports of more players going, right? Yeah. What's yeah. this? Are they going to spend some more money and just really hammer home that they need to do this? Like, I think the other aspect of this is like, does the deal change with this? You know, mm-hmm. with Rom in there invested in in the in the format, the team format. Ha- you know, the all the reports are that he's getting an equity stake in a team. So, you know, I think like <laughs> this live live as we know it probably isn't going away completely, right? Right. Even right. with the merger, they will be brought into the under the tent. And there will be some component of live uh, involvement in the PGA Tour. Um, I said this earlier in the week, but these PGA Tour players who are jealous of what the live guys have gone and want to levy like three-year suspensions on on players that want to come back, like you got to get over it. You well, got to get over it. I think this will be a, a come to Jesus moment. Right. I mean, like this, this has to like, Hey, like you can either get over it or, or this is going to keep going and you can lose your entire tour. Right. I mean, and like you said, it now gives the dicking around that they've done now gives Yasser even further leverage on how the future of the deal goes, right. How it's going to look. Yeah. I, I think like today's the eighth anniversary of, from when I started the Friday. Okay. And all right. Every year when this day comes around, I think about stuff and I reflect back and I think about like deals that I could have done, situations that I might handle differently or, you know, situate like all these things. And guess what? You know, sometimes I say, oh, I should have done that and I'd probably be somewhere else or I should have done this or I shouldn't have done this. But that's life. That's what it is. That's everybody's life. Yeah. It's what you know, it's and I think most release. of these players don't have that perspective. Like they made a decision to play professional golf and they're extraordinarily great at it. A lot of the players that I think are getting in the way of this are top twenty players. Like you know, that you could argue that they've never understood regret because they haven't regretted a big decision in their life. And maybe this is the first time they're dealing with it, but just this is what life is like you miss stuff you don't always you don't always win and you're still going to get paid way more money than you ever ever imagined when you entered Mm -hmm. professional golf like last year you the the amount of money in the purses were was you know what we're finding out now unsustainable it was absurd the amount of money that's being poured into professional golf you would have never imagined when you started. So get over it and do the deal. Um, one thing they're not getting over, one thing they're standing in the way of, PGA Tour. <laughs> Jay, another memo, letter, anti-rollback. It's bad for the game. Game's doing great. Rollback officially announced. I think we, we've we kind of covered rollback since the Friday uh, Golf Digest report last Friday. Um but we have it officially announced. We have some reaction. The PGA Tour is against it. Um, manufacturers are against it in different ways, right? You know, uh, some of them are, are against the different rules for the ball. So, you know, it, it's. I don't think it's a unified front on the OEM front, uh, you know, a fully unified front on the OEM side. Um, but that rollback is out. I found Mike Wan. I would say I'm a Mike Wan, I don't want to say skeptic, but... I think too often the, the media kind of laps up his, his sort of salesman stuff, the acronyms, the Procter and Gamble salesman with the acronyms and the, the 
mile a minute sales speech. And it's like, all right, what did we just get of substance? But he was really impressive. I, I wouldn't say, I don't, I, I don't, I think I'm not saying he's bad. I, I just think we're sometimes give him a free pass and just say he's great for the sales pitches, but he was really impressive in the announcement and sort of pre um, kind of anticipating some of the responses, the arguments from all sides, uh, understanding like it's not a fun position to be in having sort of the facts and the data. I thought he was really, really impressive messenger as was Marty sleeps too. Um, from what I saw of him, but Mike Juan was really great. I thought, and, and it's out there tour does not want it. Yeah. I, um, I I was impressed with Juan too. And one of the things that I took away from Juan and, and maybe this is like a messaging thing, but I don't think this should even be called a rollback. Yeah. Yep. Um, they talked about this. This is going to reduce 5%. 5%, right? right? Distance is increasing 1% a year. Yep. By the time at the PGA Tour level, at the, by the time the the rollback happens, they're going to be 4% longer than today. And they're going to bring it back 5%. They're freezing it effectively. Not even freezing it. They're pausing it. They're bringing it back to 2022. And then they're going to start on this upward trend again. And for... You know, just the overarching uh, public, you know, we saw it. They they don't believe there's going to be any real huge impact. Um, A notable thing in there was they did in the official published statement was that they are looking at at the uh, driver face too, or the driver head. Um, And I saw Jonathan Wall, who's a great equipment reporter, suggest, you know, and, and many others too, including us. Um, that the, this, the phrase driver creep could become much more prevalent in our lives. And are they looking at reducing the faces, reducing the driver heads for elite men's play? Like that is now maybe on the table. It seems like they're, the equipment companies are sort of maybe anticipating that or clutching, bracing for that potential because they did make a note of adding that into the report. I heard Pagel and Juan talk about it on the podcast with, with Garrett. That would seem to be a more, uh, a much more substantive step to at the elite men's level at some of these big time professional tour events where they're hitting at 400 yards and obsoleting designs and intent. That would be that would be a big one. It would be kicking and screaming if the tour's writing statements about rollback of the ball. All of a sudden, if you're getting punished for miss hits more severely, that would be another another hurdle. But it's in there. It's in part of the release. So. I, I wonder how the equipment companies would feel about that, right? Some, Do they even give a little and say, hey, for non-elite play, you could go to 500 cc's or bigger, 600 cc's for the head. And for people that are, you know, for the elite players, we're going to we're gonna shrink it down to 200, you know? Yep. I think that's the... I've, I've thought about this a ton the last few days, but the worst shots on the, in the PGA Tour the last five years... They've like all been three woods, right? Yeah. Bryson's top at the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harold Varner's top on the tenth hole at, at Riviera. You know, Westy hit like that pop sky to the right on on three when when uh, when uh, when Bryson topped it. You know, the shanks um, come from mid irons usually. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Xander topped a three wood in a in a in a that high leverage right. moment. Um, right. So, you know, these bad shots, you know what the the common denominator is? A small head, right? right? Something that's missable. And I agree, like the strike pattern of a PGA Tour player is like super impressive. But it is about those outlier events not getting rewarded with like, you know, I hit it off the, off the heel and it, it went 20 yards shorter than if I hit it off the sweet spot, but it's fine. Forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. Forgiveness is, is so, the term they came up for it. I, that was to me the thing that was most exciting about yeah. the the statement was the idea that that's on the table and and again I think this is this is really a big step for the game of like hey it's okay for us to impose some regulate some new regulation right just right. because this was regulated then the game the world's changing and the golfers are changing and it's okay to change rules this is what happens. In all sports, is rules change, right? Um, 
you know, we saw, we've seen the importance of driving the golf ball. The, the driver has become such a weapon. Like the game has changed, right? Just like, you know, like basketball decided that de- defense was, yeah. yeah. Basketball decided yeah. that defense was too physical. So they decided no more hand checking. We want offenses to flow again. And, and then like, so if you're thinking about this in the golf sense, it's like, we think drivers driving the ball is too important in the game of golf. This isn't a rollback discussion. It's, it's a discussion of like in the, at the professional level, what do you want to see more of? How do you improve the product at the professional level? Look at the NBA right now. This in-season tournament has taken games that were uh, irrelevant. Worked out. And they made a change to the competition. And and because of that, they have more meaningful, a few more meaningful games in November, right? Yep. We've got a long way to go before it comes. I mean, 28 for the mail. The one thing I've been thinking about a lot with this the last couple of days is when when the the possibility of like live really taking off or the Saudis owning golf. I heard from like a lot of like the smartest people I know in the game um, who were like, I guess a weakness of, of the professional game, but, but also its strength is like, there's a big system of checks and balances, right? There's no one centralized body that runs the entire game. There's an interplay between the masters and the PGA tour and the recreational game and the USGA RNA. There's all these sort of, it's, it's, sometimes referred to as the five families, but it's more than that. And there's this, this kind of, there's this really a solid, I think, system of, of checks and balances. And of course there's hierarchy within there. The masters has a lot of power, but it feels like over the last 25 years, the equipment companies have kind of uh, tipped the balances too much, like kind of overwhelmed that system of checks and balances too much. And that's not to demonize them, but it just feels like this system of like interplay amongst various parties that keep the game kind of moving forward is course correcting. Does that make sense? Like, like the equipment companies just had their thumb on the scale, whether it's with, whether it's with the pro game, whether it's advertising dollars in, in sort of the magazines and the television stations and the way the game is presented, they have their thumb on the scale with them. And I, I'm not like, and obviously they make great products a lot of times and have t- great R&D, but golf, it feels like a little bit of a course correction for what makes golf. Like there are a lot of parties and you heard Juan talk about this special interest, like, and there's so many parties with viewpoints here. It feels like equipment companies power in that had gotten a little too great over the last 25 years and, and the way the game is structured. Yeah, you saw that too with, uh, I have to commend Rich Lerner, you know, when he was interviewing the TaylorMade CEO uh, during the announcement. Yeah. And the TaylorMade CEO was talking about, you know, given one of the rollback lines, he said, listen, nobody plays golf because of 460cc drivers or whatever, whatever he said. Technology. Technology. I don't go out to golf because of technology. Yeah. Like, I mean... I think there's this this um, belief that like I, I just I think everybody just needs to relax. I I kind of like just you know I wish I wish that there wasn't five year period because I think if there wasn't this five year period and you just got the balls out and people were playing them now and obviously that's not feasible with manufacturing. Uh, and everything, but like if you could, the sooner you could get the balls out and in people's hands, the the less of a big deal this is going to be. Yep, yep. Um, well, whether you're you want to get fit for tomorrow or fit in five years, the place we'd suggest is Club Champion. But if you want to take take advantage of their deal, their best offer they ever had They've extended it is you got to do it now. You can't wait for five years. I, I think that's a bridge too far, but they have extended it through Christmas. You get a $100 full bag, $100 full bag fitting, which I think is like, eh, don't quote me on this. It's like 75% off the normal cost, something. It's a big chunk of change. $100 full bag fitting or $50 fitting with the purchase of a club. If you book now through Christmas, and then I think you have to book the fitting through the end of, uh, you have to do the fitting by the end of January. Uh, look, they have every hitting 
uh, every possible, almost every possible uh, head shaft combinations. They will go in there. They will test you out. They will try to find what's right for you. They have a lot of these machines that created so much of this data that goes into these different reports. You're not just wailing away on the driving range by yourself or at wherever, some big box store. Like, oh, this one feels good. You have actual data. You have someone who's a master fitter, someone whose job it is to try to get you set up, someone whose job is not to market to you. It's not to market, you know, this one goes farther. This one is has this hot, crazy technology and, it's, you know, launches this. It's whatever the data says and what you, what you want. I mean, you have power and agency in this whole deal, but they have every combination you could ask for. You go to clubchampion.com, use the promo code FRIEDEGG. Again, another good gift option, right? I'm all for the gifts that don't clutter my house. This is a, something that yeah, will be you used. Book, book somebody a fitting. Yeah. Promo code is FRIEDEGG. You get that $100 for the full bag fitting or $50 for a, a, another fitting with purchase of a club. It's their best offer now through Christmas. You got to book it on with the promo code FRIEDEGG. Uh, go to clubchampion.com. Thanks for them for their support. All right. Hey, can, can we talk before we get into golf advice? Can we talk yeah. about the live trades? I mean, <laughs> John, John Rob's obscuring the hot stove activity on live. Active week on live. Uh, what did we have? We had Gooch for Matthew Wolf. Matthew Wolf is going to the range goats. He said, People, I, I, everybody's saying Brooksy fleeced uh, Bubba here, you know, for this deal. You don't think he did? I mean, he's the defending champ. Gooch has been dominant. He's been Listen, the best player. Listen, I think Bubba's trying to reboot with some young talent. He's getting a younger asset. He thinks maybe with like a, a little bit softer coaching, softer approach, maybe he could rehab Matthew Wolf. Maybe he could bring him back to being the golden boy. You know, uh-huh. less military workouts. I saw you. You uh, you made a little joke on Twitter about a little you know, joke. Yeah. Maybe more Bible time for uh, yeah for less um, workouts on the bod, more workouts with God. That's <laughs> I think I said yeah, a little more Bible study for Matthew Wolf going to Bubba's Bubba's team. Uh, so what else maybe happened? Maybe he can rehab. Uline, maybe too. he can rehab. <laughs> yeah, Peter Uli just getting passed around. Peter Uli just uh, he's like a James Can't Harden find a home. type. No, he's gone from. <laughs> Smash to aces. Now he's a range goat. He's just well, I gotta ask uniform. him. I gotta, I gotta see. I, we gotta get a, a a story behind how these deals happen. But right, you What's know, the if, 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 you know, hopefully Mike McAllister will deliver with another one. But you know, <laughs> if uh, where did it happen on the putting green? At yeah, Jetta? yeah. If yeah. if the aces are the Yankees, who are the range goats? Well, that's what I'm saying. You got you got Uline on the record last year talking about how he came up to the big leagues. You can't turn down the aces. Now HV3 is on the Yankees. So HV3 and Uline swap, Wolf and uh, Gooch swap. So range goats are really overhauling this thing. Thomas Peter's still there. And he looks, just, I mean, I can't say he looks the peppiest fella in the in the Zoom, Team Zoom they did. So I think he's still trying to figure out what he's doing with, with Bubba. Um, and they've got their qualifying tournament going on over at Dubai overnight. So big live week. And this is what we talked about last year. They just sort of pissed away kind of the off season, quote unquote. Chance to take the narrative and make some interest during a downtime of golf. But they sure are this year. I think it's motivated by getting the merger done but uh so that's why trades. they're doing the trades you think that's why they're no Do you think there was a mandate sent around we need to trade like at least we need at least three trades to make this offseason seem real yeah I, it all came out today it did three i love some somebody says like a massive three-team trade i was like what <laughs> like there's no give us some specifics what was negotiated so there's two open clique spots, though. That well, still what, remains an the, issue. The deal but. that doesn't make any sense is the McDowell, the smash deal. Why Why did, why did Brooksy sign McDowell? I don't know. It says he's building something long term. <laughs> but I mean, Graham McDowell's been on his last leg for the last <laughs> eight years. Maybe McDowell's, maybe McDowell's a veteran presence. Maybe he needed... needed uh, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for McDowell, like he... Uh, I feel like public opinion really swerved on him after he made that. Remember, they put him up there at at Live London. It was a disaster. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That was a mess. 
Um, all right, so that's your live movement. Let's get to uh, golf advice. SGSGolfAdvice at gmail.com is the uh, email. We send them in. We may pause uh, and do more year in review here in the next week. We're getting getting blasted by the news cycle in our year in review progress. But we'll try to keep these humming a little bit in December. We may do an all golf advice um, pod around like Christmas or New Year's. So, dude, so keep sending them SGSGolfAdvice at gmail.com. Let's get to the first one. Glenn, they're gonna we talked about rollback and ROM. I want to just li- light, lighten the mood here a little bit. Glenn from uh, down under, it seems. 39, two kids would probably fight this guy in the subsequent email. <laughs> I was recently on a course in regional Melbourne playing a casual nine hole round with buddies as we set out, set off to the back nine of the property. We found a golfer in his mid 70s. Clearly very drunk, having just fallen off a retaining wall with his push cart near a ma- ma- maintenance facility. <laughs> Seven-year-old guy, hammered, falling off the wall. We offered medical help. With the help. push cart. With the push cart. What was he doing on the wall with his push cart? We offered medical I mean, so help. I, I wonder how drunk he was, you know? We, <laughs> we offered medical help and arrived at the clubhouse for further assistance. It was here we learned he had only 30 minutes earlier driven his car through the golf course, including over a tee box at speed while a group of golfers were midway down the 165-meter par 3. The golfer informed us he had played 18 holes, had a very long lunch, and got extremely drunk and decided to play another nine holes. He was seen falling over while trying to address the ball only three holes into his emergency nine. So he goes and gets lunch. And then can't, you know, he's playing an emergency nine, can't even address the ball. When we found the man injured from his latest fall, he remarked he was trying to find his car. That's not good. And can't remember where it is. Forgetting the rally through the course 30 minutes prior. (laughs) Sounds like a nice little Australian term. He was ready to drive home and sober up. Not good. To make matters worse, he was not served or purchased any alcohol by staff it was all BYO, which is against all club liquor license laws. So, again, this guy, bad day. My question is, what is an appropriate punishment for this behavior as the club decided a two-week ban? Two-week ban? Two weeks? Suffice. Oh, my God. He was driving a car on the course. He could have gone to jail. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, what is the this, appropriate- is, this sounds like this club's got the same philosophy as the PGA Tour when it comes yeah. out to doling out uh, uh, slow play fights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if this 25-year-old golfer, not known to members of the board, I'd suggest it would be upwards. If this was a 25-year-old golfer, not known to members of the board, I'd suggest it would be an upwards of 12-month ban to cancellation of membership. What do you think should do? What, what's the appropriate punishment? I mean, I think you ban him. I don't think that's too severe. He's gone. He's out of the club. You cannot drink and drive your car. You cannot drink and drive your car over the for you know purposes of the golf course, uh, the club, which you know controls this guy's membership. He drove his golf car. He drove his car over your golf course. He's gone. You throw him out. He also violated the liquor laws, bringing his beer on the grounds. Seems like there's ample, you know, there's a lot of ammo to send this guy out of the membership. More than a two week ban. All right, I got a, I got a, a comp in terms of a, a story that could could lend, Uh-oh. you know, some to this. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, back in back in the day when I played played tournament golf, we I played tournament golf, and you know, this uh, organization that ran some tournaments uh, had a very good player who. You know, played some of his best golf when he was uh, when he was when he was drinking. You know, this okay. is not a not a uncommon thing. Yeah, he was in in this player. You know, he he kind of uh, had a a situation where he was just very noticeably intoxicated in an event, and you know, they they administered a year ban, and then they made some rules that you cannot drink during the, their events. So he's banned for a year. Comes back first event he's playing in after the ban. You know it all goes goes yeah. seemingly well. Yeah. And later that that night at the end of the day, he's found driving circles around the parking lot. Oh God! And he can't figure out how to get out of the parking lot. He'd been drinking the whole. Don't day. drink and drive, people, please. 
Listen so, to stories of stupidity. Led, led to another ban, but in <laughs> their case, it was a year ban. I feel like maybe a year ban, a year ban. At least a year. Yeah. I, it sounds like he has a long standing at the club. He's old, knows the members of the board, but it can't be two weeks. It's at least one year. He drove your course. It sounds like he almost hit, got close to people on the one hole. Yeah. You gotta you throw him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could do hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage to the golf course. Could have conceivably hit a, a member. You got It's got to be longer. I love the image of them finding this old man rolling around on the ground like Jason Day out there with his push cart falling off the wall. All right, what else? Do you want to do the, the pickleball? Yeah, email? I got you one. Got it? So uh, 36, two kids interested in debating a rollback. Oh, that is fighting, essentially. <laughs> I think I'd rather fight at this point. Yeah. With all the talk of rollback and sustainability, I was reminded of an idea I had a while back and curious to get the SGS thoughts on it. Golf needs a smaller version, which it still allows for full swings with of multiple club types, drivers, irons, wedges. Not according to the PGA Tour. It should just be driver wedge. Um, well, I'm not talking about miniature golf, pop stroke, par three courses, or executive courses. I'm talking about massively dialing back the ball while still using all your clubs. How about a ball that goes 40 to 50% of your normal ball? Imagine uh, a full-length 3,400-yard course with 160-yard par fours that are not drivable. This would allow you to scale back length, scale up features like bumps, swales, and make golf so fun. A ball could have height restriction as well as force players to play it along the ground more intentionally. Or like wiffle ball pitches, maybe the ball can allow for wild curvature to let players play uh, around 140 degree dog legs. I think this would be extremely fun. What are your thoughts? Um, with all my thoughts are with all the hucksters and quote unquote innovators trying to make a buck in this sport. I'm surprised like some version of this, maybe it does exist. Hasn't been proposed um, like some middle golf between you know, not putt putt, obviously, in, in real golf. It, it feels like a cool idea. Honestly, I would love to see it. I mean, I I talked about this a couple episodes ago. I was out at Golden Gate Park. Um, it's a 20 acre site in the middle of San Francisco, right? Like smack dab in the middle of San Francisco. You have a 20 acres and nine holes of par three golf. There are some holes there that are like 170 yards, though. Could you imagine? If you if that played in actuality, you playing like let's just say it was like forty percent ball, and that played like a four hundred yard hole, and you could design if you could design these holes like how how neat they'd be. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's a fascinating idea. I mean, I grew up playing wiffle ball golf in in our front yards sure. in our neighborhood, and it was cool because like we'd we'd hit like full seven iron shots, you know, across the neighborhood. It was like more one club, but the idea of this type of golf is fascinating and it's effectively like what pickleball is to tennis, right? Yeah. It's a slower ball. It, you know, it's uh, so yeah, a little bit of cardio still, you know, it, it's not the full, the full deal, but yeah, this would be outdoor activity. I like the idea of like curving the ball like dramatically. If you, you, you know, maybe we can't, can get some R and D departments on this. So it's a, it's a really cool idea. I think, you know, obviously it takes some serious land. Um, an investment on a thing that's not proven. I mean, it would take totally so much proven. less land, though. Well, I understand. I meant to. You can't do it in a warehouse. You got to have like a, an actual parcel of land. So, and I guess I bet, a risk in that. You know who I bet would be on board with this? Uh -oh. Who? OEMs. Yasser. See profit OEMs. numbers. Okay. See profit profit potentials. Yeah. Love this idea, though. I love it. It's a great idea. Um, execution probably a little harder, but I think it's worth trying. All right. Who do you think's going to be on Rom's team if he gets his own team? You think We're he's just bringing four guys? Rumors that they're the Los Toros, the Bulls, whatever, maybe. But yeah, the Slay Bob reports that he's maybe bringing more guys. What do you think? It's hard to say. Is he going to take over Sergio's team? I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I don't. I don't really care that much. Do you? Like, it's not a serious thing you don't think this does anything for for viewer interest and and live um i don't know about that it helps it i don't i, I just 
its greater power is weakening the tour. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like weakening the tour. And that, that is a, an effective thing that they've done. I, I just think, you know, it takes more time to establish their proof of concept, in my opinion. All right. When are we that, getting the year in review done? I don't know. Monday? When you, do you think we can get it done before December 20th? Drop dead date? I think we can. I think we got to get on our horse and we need to, we don't need more bullshit happening in the world of golf. We don't need Patrick Cantlay, you know, striking up a deal with this, that, or the other. I, I don't know. Jay resigning or something like that. I, I don't think that's happening, but we, we need the news cycle to chill for a minute. So. We need the hot stove to cool down. <laughs> People want their year interview. All right. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Hit up Fat Cork. Get your gift, your membership now. Club champion. Or club champion. Book your uh, fitting. Or the Pro Shop, Friday Pro Shop. We'll talk to you on uh, Monday.